Welcome to Fundamentally Human, a podcast about mental health topics unpacked in an easy to understand way. My name is Shervin and I'm your host. Let's get started. Welcome to season three of the podcast on communicating with yourself and others. Season two, we really focused on different mental health topics in terms of disorders, and the intention was to provide some type of psychoeducation on topics that you have likely heard about, but might not be so familiar with. Uh, We're going to change our gears here and have the next season be more conversational, casual, and to address a broader range of topics related to mental health. For this episode, I wanted to touch on a question we often ask ourselves. Why? There have been many times throughout our lives where we might wonder, what's the point of this? Or why am I doing this? And I notice it's usually when we're feeling lost, unfulfilled, burnt out, or even during imposter syndrome moments. I'm joined by John, who is also known by his online name, Kodoran, to talk about what it means to know your why. Thanks for being here today. What up? <laughs> and John, can you share a few things about yourself with the listeners so they can get to know you better? Yeah. Oh, well, first off, mental health is always obviously very, very important. You know, the serious stuff, like, you know, if you're struggling with all that, get checked out with that. You know, I'm a big advocate for that sort of thing. But, you know, since this is a little bit more, you know, you put it as casual, more conversational conversational kind of mental health I like putting it as like a mental muscle rather than like because like what I want to talk about isn't really you know related to depression or anxiety or whatever I want to talk about you know elevating yourself beyond the normal norm and really get that kickstart in your day like you know instead of like you know dealing with certain you know roadblocks that like you know might be present in mental health i want to talk about like the everyday stuff you know things that are important for things like competition or your passions stuff like that i guess to introduce myself a little i am one of the top level competitors for this game called smash melee it is an old game that is very hard to break into but i found my way getting into the scene after watching the Smash Brothers documentary that you could look up on YouTube. And I thought it was cool that I should get into the scene. And I, I really liked the game. And it really tapped into like, well, why do I want to play this game? And as it evolved throughout the course of my years playing the game and where I am now, I do feel like, you know, the mental muscle that I built up throughout the years, because uh, you know, it, it started, you know, when I was starting to get nervous, I was choking in tournament. I was like, isn't there something I could do mentally about that? And then as I asked more questions and I explored around, I slowly built my mental muscle to be much stronger throughout the years. And, you know, a lot of mistakes I see other competitors do is that they don't start up their mental muscles until like their year three of playing, whereas I did it my year one of playing. And I think that's why I have a much stable, you know, as some people would put it, mentality than others. Cause like I've actually just been actively working on it for years on end. Whereas like a lot of people, they like just know it and they like, you know, work it out once and then it's like, then they fall apart, you know, stuff like that. And part of a big start to really work out your mental muscle is you gotta know why you're doing certain things. 
why are you passionate about exiting? And maybe something that people won't necessarily think about too much, is your why even good? Because there is objective, there's sort of like uh, kind of some prerequisites on like what even is a good why versus like what kind of whys are unhealthy. Because, you know, for example, if your why of whatever passion is to hurt other people, that's obviously not a good why for, you know, I hope I don't need to explain that too much. Why that's not a good why, you know, just look at history of why, <laughs> why? you know. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that implies that some whys are better than otherwise. And, you know, I'll get more into that. Um, I did spend like a fair amount, you know, running my own streams, my own YouTube content about like, you know, kind of straightening that kind of thing. I kind of strayed away from it a little because it's something that I'd rather want to do, I guess, a little bit more one-on-one -on -one as opposed to like an audience. And also, and like, you know, sometimes like, you know, in my private coaching sessions I do with players that want to improve, like I, I, I'm always happy to talk about mentality stuff and like how they can improve on that. And part of how I know is throughout the experiences I've learned throughout my years of competing and, you know, some years prior to that. And uh, it's really important to do. It's, it's really important to work out, you know, anything that you want to do in your normal life. You know, it's great if your body is healthy, why not push past that? Like, you know, what, instead of feeling okay in the morning, what about feeling great in the morning? And, you know, that's why I'm talking about this in the first place. I like that you talk about mental health being a muscle because that's one of the analogies I use the most. In fact, I'm pretty sure I bring it up in every episode that people are like, oh my God, we've heard this so many times. <laughs> but I think it's so true because another guest of mine brought up a good point. If we have to go to class for physical education, how come we don't do anything for mental education? And yeah. I find that even with gaming, like you said, a lot of it is your mentality things like performance anxiety or how you react to a situation, whether it's emotionally or logically, which that's what I heard from you when mm -hmm. you told a friend about that. Yeah. I think it all plays a big role in your performance. Right. How, like if you have a loss and then how do you deal with it? Those mm -hmm. all add up to your performance at the end. So yeah. what does that mean to you to know your why? Why does that, why is that important to you? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like the fundamental building block of building up like a good muscle. So yeah, the thing, mental health is really a muscle. You know, mm -hmm. when I was competing, I did not what I would categorize as mental illness. Like I am fine. Like I am a normal person competing that got nervous. And, you know, that's the part where like, oh, I, I, I just didn't know that I could, you know, work out that kind of mental muscle. And I think the fundamental building block, kind of like how, like, you know, if you want to be fit, kind of like the fundamental building block of being, you know, fit is by lifting weights is like the most kind of gains you could do. I think similar to that for mental health, it's, uh, or mental fitness, I, I, I could put it that way, is by knowing why are you doing this in the first place? And there are certain categories of, certain whys that are good and that are not good. Um, I was listening to this podcast a little while back from Mark Manson, and it kind of aligned with my personal experiences on 
what like how certain whys are better than others you know the, the given one is that like does it hurt a lot of other people and it's like no if that's the case you should maybe reconsider your your why you know you could look at history mm-hmm. and take a guess why that might not be good but there's also while it might not hurt others it'll, it'll definitely hurt you and one of it is being very results oriented if you're very results oriented in why you play like oh oh, hey, uh, I, I want to get first at every tourney I go to. That's when you don't get the results that you want. And sometimes the results can just be by complete freaking luck. Like it could be because you just felt sick and you can't play your best. And then when you don't get that best result that you wanted, that tanks motivation. You know, you see it all the time in New Year's resolution. They're like, hey, I want to lose weight. I want to drink less or whatever. And then they try. They're actually making progress most of the time, but they're not getting the results that they want. And a lot of times they don't even like the process of what they're doing. You know, I don't, most people, I think they can relate that they don't like the bad parts of the gym or they don't like not having fun from drinking or whatever. And then at some point they stop, even though they actually made like a decent amount of progress, but because the why is so focused on the results that just tanks them when, you know, sometimes it's legitimately out of control. Like, you know, maybe the gym was closed or like, you know, maybe there's someone's birthday and you have to drink a little. And it's like, if you're so focused on the result and the results just doesn't go your way, that, that can, that's a very common reason why people tend to have like certain reactions that result to them to not continuing their passions or like their goals. And I faced this myself a couple of years in, cause I think like two years in, um, I came in with the intention of being the best one day. I had like a realistic goal, like, oh, I'm just gonna work my way up, just climb, climb the ladder a little, you know, get a little bit better results. and that was fine for a little bit. Like, cause I did keep it a little realistic. Like, you know, oh, I, I know I can't be the best instantly, but like, I have like this like progress. If I had like this roadmap in my head that like, I need to hit this and that and that. It should be good, right? You know, it's healthy goals. It's healthy to have goals, right? In my area, there's something called like a regional PR. Like, you know, oh, I am ranked number 15 in my area. And it's a good, like, you know, progress noter really shows that you're really good. And something to mark that like, hey, yeah, I'm number 15 in my region or something like that. I'm number eight, something like that. And when I got first ranked, that's where my why actually hurt me a lot. Where uh, at some point I was ranked, I was really happy about it. And I knew my progress was going well up until I fought like this matchup that was seen in bracket. Like it's it was supposed to be seen like I had a 100% chance of winning. He's playing a character that's really bad. And I've always beaten him before, but then that one time in bracket, I actually lost. And oh man, it it, it took a huge tank in my motive. Like it was the most painful experience I've had in my career, like ever. And I went through a lot more shit in my years preceding that. Like I've had a lot more what was should be more objectively more painful losses, painful stuff. But that moment, that was the most painful to me because my why was so results oriented. Like it threw my roadmap off the radar. Like I had, I never got such a bad loss before at that point in my career. 
And I remember after that, like, I actually did not, like, not only did I feel absurdly bad about it, I also felt really bad about it, like, a day before, the day after, like, for, like, two more days. Like, I actually did not think about the game at all. I was thinking about quitting. I was thinking about after, oh, like, no. I got back to it a little bit, I was thinking of switching mains, you know, the, the, the typical things that will hold you back as a player. Yeah. And then after that, after that loss, like I really had to like do some deep reflection. I was like, this sucks. I don't, what? I don't ever want to feel this way again. And like, I found that it was like kind of rooted in my why, because like, it was so like, oh, I want to be the best. I can't be the best if I'm like losing to like players like that, you know, that, that I perceive to be way worse than me. Objectively, he was way worse than me, but like, you know, he just was better than me at that day. And he was ranked way below me, but he got me that day. And it's almost I like knew, you lost meaning in why you were doing that. Yeah, it's like it was just like a contradiction to my why, and like that, like really de- demoralized me. But so I knew I had to change something, and I w- I had this like one mentor of uh, that. So how I the source of how I got really good was asking questions to an old god named ppmd he's one of the greats he has like a thread where like i could ask him any questions any day any marth means and falcon means listening to this you could still do this uh <laughs> you could ask for help and what i also did a lot to him was like i started to ask him questions too about like not just like gameplay stuff also like mentality stuff you know my my mental fitness stuff and like i, I first started asking questions when i got nervous and he gave me good feedback about it and then, like, I would implement it, it would seem to do better. And then I asked some questions, I believe, about, like, that loss, where it's like, I don't ever feel like playing again. And then he was, I kind of forgot his feedback at that, at that point, because it's been, like, <laughs> two to three years. But, like, I do remember it was related to my why. Like, why are you playing? And, like, something like that. And I was like, okay, what could I change about my why? And... I just search deep about what I actually really like about Melee. Uh, what do I like about playing the game itself? And why does winning feel so rewarding? And as I shifted my why, because, you know, it was just actually implicitly right there. I just never, I just never actually really acknowledged it. Like I was so focused on the result, but what I forgot, part of the reason why I kept going was because I just freaking freaking love the game itself you know and like the game itself is so sick so expressive the feeling of overcoming obstacles that was so hard is so rewarding and also even if I were to lose I could always learn something about it like that's more things to excite myself with that there's more things for me to learn in this game this deep game even when or lose so what I didn't realize what I did when I was modifying my why was that it became results oriented to very process oriented kind of thinking where like I found things part of the process that I legitimately enjoy. And listening to Mark Manson's podcast like a couple months back, like I was like, oh yeah, this kind of aligns with how I made my mindset a lot healthier. If your why becomes more process oriented, rather than results oriented, that goes a long way because it is, if you make, in other words, if you make your result, if you make your why abstract in a sense where the results do not matter, but it's really the process is what makes you proud. 
that is kicking your mental fitness and overdrive essentially like now you're starting to do you're starting to do proper weightlifting as opposed to like you know focusing too much on cardio for muscle gains what sounds like a lot of what you focus on is the purpose behind what you do and i think that's so important i think back to even for myself i started therapy or going to school for it. And then I hear about all my other friends, you know, they're making buckets load of loads of money in their other jobs where Mm -hmm. they might have not even needed a master's degree. And I remember feeling bad about it because (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, I put in all this work to do well in school, to learn, to be more empathetic, to support people, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not seeing that, for example, in my current compensation, whereas some other people, they might be working what seems to be a couple of hours a day, but get paid like 10 times more. And it reminds me of what you said about being results oriented and just reminding myself, why am I doing this? It really, I didn't pick this career to get a good pay. I picked it because I wanted to support people. But it's just sometimes it's so hard when you think about all the things like, oh, I'm taking on people's emotional labor and burden, or I have to talk a lot all the time, or people, for example, doctors are making so much more, et cetera, et cetera. How do you deal with the things that come up that are making you lose focus on your why? How do you refocus? Right. I mean, it's funny because I'm at this point in my life where I just graduated college and I'm seeing like every now and then I see my LinkedIn that I have not touched for a while. <laughs> uh, it's still like my high school LinkedIn trash profile. <laughs> I don't, it, it, I'm just wearing like a shirt and a jacket. And meanwhile, all a lot of like what I, all my old high schooler classmates, like they have like these tuxedos on, they're looking fancy. Then like I see under them like, oh, you're a software engineer intern at Amazon or like they are like engineers or they're uh, interning at a law firm or something I'm like holy these guys they're definitely perceived to be more successful they are probably making a lot more money than me but you know what you know what (laughs) uh if I were to if I cared about changing stuff my LinkedIn I'll put in that I'm a gamer because uh, I, I like what I'm doing yeah they're probably making way more money than me but honestly just exploring my own why like where does money fit into this and it's like I don't care that much about money like I'm privileged enough that like money is not something I need to worry too much about for my family you know I do have a decent amount of financial support myself and like even if like this whole melee thing doesn't work out like I could at least live for a year uh with my current plan so I'm privileged enough that money is not like a big concern for me there's actually like an interesting video that I watched about three things that money can actually buy happiness. And it's actually not like very materialistic. It's like, you know, there are studies where like, yeah, you can buy like whatever, but that, that's probably not going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy for money is like one, buying time and two, spending money on other people, proactive spending. That, but by buying time, I mean uh, like, you know, being closer to work or whatever. Yeah. Or like having a car to drive so you don't have to take the bus and commute yeah, yeah. for another so hour. Like, mm-hmm. More for convenience. And that makes a lot of sense because I think about this too. At the end of the day, when I go to sleep, I'm happy with what I do during my day and what I spend my time on. I don't think I could ever 
be a doctor at a hospital <laughs> even yeah. no matter yeah. what they do I have so much respect for them but yeah. man I don't think I can do that and yeah. I really like what you said about what makes you happy because yeah, and the, and the last important. thing the mm-hmm. last thing that money could buy is experiences those are like the top mm-hmm. three and like aside from the, and aside from that aside from those top three it's like well you can have a fancier apartment I guess that'd be nice I'm not gonna say that I don't want a fancier apartment I could live in a single room and I'm happy with that. <laughs> so if you could go back in time during that moment where you lost that round or that bracket and how could you have reacted better to it? Or how could you have had that mental fitness to respond to that situation? I wouldn't change anything because that was a necessary struggle for me to go through to realize that that's something I don't ever want to experience again. You know, it's kind of like touching a, a heat stove and then realize you should never touch that again as a kid. You know, that that was like the sort of experience where like, if I were to go back in time, I actually would not change anything because how I went about it was completely fine. Where okay. like I asked for help. And if you're asking on how I would react to it now. Exactly. It wouldn't, I, I uh, it would definitely hurt. Not saying that like you know stuff like that because like it's definitely frustrating you know when the gym does close when you want to work out like that does suck but here's the thing while you can't ever change your initial pain of a result or something that happened you could you can control how much it lingers because you know there's a buddhist saying where there's two types of pain there's like the actual initial physical pain that like, you know, that's natural, that happens to everyone. Same thing for mental pain. There's that initial pain. And then after that is how much pain do we want to continue ruminating that on? Like, you know, cause it's, it's, it's possible. Like, you know, if somebody were to cut you, you make that cut even worse by like opening it open, like opening up that cut. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, obviously it's going to hurt more if you treat it badly. And it's a sort of the same thing with like mental stuff where it's like, yeah, if you continue to like kick yourself down when you're down, of course it's gonna feel way, way, way worse. And that's basically what I did back then, which with my why, where it's like, wow, I didn't get the results I want and I'm gonna kick myself down even more. We talked a lot about knowing your why and then your results, being results oriented. And that makes me think about success, which you've brought it up a couple of times. Oftentimes when people are working towards something, they think about what's the end goal or how do they measure success or what's success to them? And I think the way you perceive it or the way you think about it is so important because it can make or break you. Yeah. Do you how do you measure success or how do you define it? Especially if you're in a competitive field. Right. I mean, obviously right. you want to win and be number one. Objectively. But- yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I do want to win. And um, I'll say this first, when I don't get success, the best thing I could do is like not kick myself when I'm down. Like the big difference between my mentality back then to my mentality now is that I don't kick myself when I'm down. Like I, I sympathize with myself. Like, yeah, this really sucks. And I'll see what I could change next time, you know, because part of my why is learning what, you know, what I lost from, because that implies I could have learned a lot. And what success is, there's a lot of metrics, outplacing your seed, being able to do mainly full time from various, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it kind of depends on what you think success is and what you kind of, what, like what metric that you put in. But frankly, you could put whatever, whatever metric that you want to put in for success. 
And that's whatever, fine. Do whatever you want with that. But what actually matters for that success is the kind of inputs that you do. Because a lot of people have like a sort of a mistake where they think that like, oh, I don't know. If I put two years in this time, can I really be really good? And then I'm telling, and then I asked them like, what do you think happens? Like, do you think that the results, like, do you think the results come first and then your process? Or the process comes first and then the results. Like one of them dictates the other, the other does not. That what I'm saying is that the inputs that you do in Smash Melee is what determines your success or not. It's like, are you pressing the white right buttons to win? And if the answer is yes, then there you go. That's a result. However, your results does not dictate the type of int- inputs that you do. You know, I could have the best inputs. I can have the best results possible, but tomorrow is still a blank slate. Like tomorrow is still a blank slate. Like my fingers could just break. Does that mean that my inputs will be good now? No. Like now my inputs are crappy and uh, therefore my results will tank. That all comes from the inputs, that all comes from the process, and that's what actually di- dictates your success. That's a very logical and rational way to think about it. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing, a lot of it is just planning it out. And it all starts with this topic of this episode, knowing your why, understanding what's the purpose behind it, and recognizing that there are different metrics or different levels to get to where you want to be. But most importantly, from what I'm hearing and from personal experiences, a really big question you can ask yourself is, what am I getting out of this? Or what did I learn from it? And an example is, there are a couple of people that I know who probably I have no patience for or really, really annoy me. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I have to see them because we're in a group and man, I always try to remind myself, okay, you know, I'm learning how to be more patient. I'm learning how to not be so irritated and just take a deep breath. So even if the person's annoying me a lot, I'm still learning some skills from it. And I find that whenever I remind myself of this, even when I might not be quote unquote successful in whatever I'm doing at that time, I still learn something from it. Right. And I think and- that can really make or break it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this really kind of circles back to having a strong why is that if your why is independent of any results, frankly, you could spin anything that you do as a success, just as long as like, you know, it's like kind of, it's, it's like a healthy kind of why it's fine if you don't want to grow, but uh, if it's something that requires growth of some sort, then like you need something to also help push you towards the right direction. Your why must also have some kind of like growth oriented mindset as well. I like that. There's such a big difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, because when you're in a fixed mindset, you think, okay, to get to from A to B, I have to do one, two, three, four, and that's it. Once I get to B, I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. But with a growth mindset, it's about, oh, I have to make changes in steps two and three in order to get to B, but how can I actually get to C? And it's really about broadening your perspectives and thinking of ways to grow even more and learn even more. And there's a reason why a growth mindset sounds like it's a lot more work because it is. It is. And yeah. I think that's what differentiates a lot of people from people who take the next step to do more or people who might just 
do the bare minimum to get to where they want to be. And I think it all goes back again to know your why, what's your purpose behind it? Yeah, right. And those are like the necessary components in order to have like a healthy why. So then your mental fitness could be very, very strong. If you intend to, you know, if your passion requires you to grow. And a lot of what you mentioned earlier is very logical. So I first heard about you after my friend was getting some coaching from you. And Mm -hmm. one of the things he pointed out was you spoke between the difference between an emotional versus a logical reaction. So unfortunately, you can't avoid having emotional responses at times. But before we get into that, can you explain the difference between the two and how you might experience that? So my view on this is that ideally you want all of your actions to be logical. Like you want all of your roadmap to be somewhat logical. Like, you know, I am doing Smash Melee full time because I want to, like, it's part of like my why, but there is also some logical component to this. Like I calculated how much I'm making in certain revenues and like, yeah, I could live off of this. Like it'll be a little rough, but I think it's worth it. And I think in a year's time, I could like actually live comfortably if I push certain things here and there. Like, you know, I'm growing my YouTube, growing my social media presence. I'm streaming quite a bit. Uh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm continually improving my skill in Melee where like, I think I can make it. Like right now it's a little rough, but like, I think I could push through. This is not something that I would recommend to most people. Cause like they don't have the necessary components to do this full time. Ideally, you want all of your actions to be at least somewhat logical, doing the most rational thing that you could do for what you want. However, we're human. We're not robots. We have what is something called emotion. And often that could, there is some good to emotion, you know, makes us feel a little bit of purpose. It it could motivate and fuel certain desires and actions. Oftentimes, though, it could also, if not used right, if not recognized right, it could also really defunct our logical side of our brain and can make us make irrational decisions. Part of the reason why a lot of people get to working on their mentality relatively late is because they just simply didn't know the difference. Like, I know so many people that never worked on their mindset for so many years because they thought it could be solved logically. Like, they just even realized that they had emotions, you know? It's kind of weird to say, because, like, you know, we're all human. Obviously, we all feel emotions, but I guess it could be easy to forget that, like, yeah, you're feeling this, and you try to make a logical response and a logical solutions, and Most of the time, when you have emotional problems, like, you know, nerves, your why is a little bad, maybe you're angry at something, most of the time, it's not saying, oh, just don't be nervous. Yeah, it's just so easy. Just do this. (laughs) Like, you know, just just stop being depressed or whatever. Have you tried uh, to be happy? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, that's a very logical solution. Yeah, you, you shouldn't. But the problem is that this is an emotional problem. Yeah, that might work on a robot that probably wouldn't work on you. That's the part where like you need to find the first solution that I always tell everyone is that you need to work on recognizing it in the moment because it's really easy to like have a kind of hindsight bias that like, oh yeah, obviously I felt angry at this moment back then. But did I recognize that in the moment? Because it's so easy to get carried away with this. Like I, when I was talking to my mentor about being nervous, 
I didn't actually realize I was that nervous in the moment. And then it was only in the afterwards, I was like, oh shit, I was actually nervous the entire time. And part of the way to building up the skill recognition is by actually just noticing it. Just be all like, wait, I, I, I'm actually, I'm nervous right now. I'm recognizing my emotions. And the way to build up that skill is actually by journaling. Some kind of self-reflection at the end of the day to remember major things that happened in your, your day and be like, oh, I felt nervous or I felt frustrated or I felt mad. Those are emotions. And a common mistake I also see is that like someone would say, oh, I choked or man, that guy was so lame. And I asked them like, is that an emotion? Is that guy so lame and an emotion? I can explain that logically, but that's not actually emotion. And it's like, oh, maybe what I mean by that guy is so lame is that actually that's frustration. And it's like, yes, now you're on the right track. Lame so, is not a, an emotion. <laughs> yeah. You bring up a good point. So that I try to steer them towards that direction where it's like, yeah, try to actually label the emotions for what it is. And once you kind of build up that skill of actually recognizing your emotions, then it gets easy to recognize. And, and, and in turn, that step in and of itself is building up sort of emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, where it's like, oh, I'm feeling this. And in turn, it actually makes it easier to logically do an input. Like, because here's the thing, a lot of people make the mistake of hiding their emotion. They like, they repress it or like they just don't like, or they just get carried away from it. It, it's very easy for emotions to fuel your actions. But when you are aware of it, like, you know, like, oh, this is what I'm feeling right now. You are already exercising emotional control for one. And therefore, it, it makes it easier to make a rational decision from here on out once you recognize it. But, you know, sometimes it's very strong. Like, it, it is only some emotional restraint. And the point after that is that you want to facilitate it to some degree with like another emotion, a stronger emotion if you can. And what I like going about it is like, when I feel nervous, for example, that is a very strong emotion. And that is hard for me to be all like, yeah, do all these technical inputs in a row when I'm, when my hands are like kind of trembling. Like that is not something I could just logically say, do this anyways, despite my inputs, like my hands kind of trembling a little, my body numb. Uh, I, that's not something you could just logically tell yourself. And instead you need an emotional solution. You know, uh, one time, like, you know, you guys could watch my summit set versus hungry box that, that guy yelled at that guy screamed when he clutch guarded me. And by game four, I was down four stocks to two. Like, I didn't know what happened. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling a little tilted. I'm feeling all this. I simply cannot just be all like, cause like I recognized it in a moment, but I couldn't just tell myself to do it because I was feeling this, this is an emotional thing. And what the solution I had to do was that I remembered my why. And I remembered part of my value of my why is also executing my game plan. I was like, okay, I'm getting wrecked right now. And I need to climb my way out of this hole. And by channeling my why, it made me excited because 
that why is so strong to me that it kind of sort of over overruled my uh my current nerves i was like you know what i i have to ex execute this game plan and somehow miraculously it, it it became a very close game i still lost that set for those of you wondering but it went from me being down two stocks to last stock last hit somehow and you know i, I obviously wanted to win but i was like man i, I at least I, mean, I can't be mad about at least executing my game plan well and as i used emotional solutions you know i also use a little bit of a logical solution as well like you know i made sure to do easier versions of an input that requires a little bit more of a read so like you know trade-offs here and there I, I made sure to adapt a little bit like you know doing a little bit easier execution but mostly i was also in my headspace channeling my why to like you know make the excitement kind of overrule the nerves and that's what helps me all the time in all my tiny sets that I really channel that despite whatever I'm feeling, it really helps me out. And uh, that's how important an emotional solution can be to an emotional problem. You bring up a lot of great points here. The first really is to identify the emotion. And it's something that is taught a lot in therapy, actually, because in a lot of moments, it's just like you said earlier, your example of this person is lame, but lame is not an emotion. It might be that you're frustrated at someone, you're irritated or you're angry. And usually a certain emotion comes with a set of reactions and symptoms. For example, if you're nervous, you might feel a little sweaty, your heart might be racing. So you have those physical symptoms and emotionally, mm -hmm. your mind is probably going at a billion kilometers or miles per hour, you're not able to focus on one thing because you're so worried about the results, about how you're going to do it and everything. Everything is just out of order when you're nervous. That is usually what happens in my mind, at least. And I think for a lot of people, but with that emotional reaction or emotional problem, I guess you can say, how do you react to it? I think is what sets people apart. And it could be having certain things like, okay, every time I'm nervous, it really helps me to take five deep breaths, or it really helps me to stand up and look outside. Mm -hmm. And when you have those type of coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms in your back pocket, you can easily and automatically just go to them rather than focusing on all these different thoughts at once, you're reminding yourself, okay, this is me being nervous. I need to just go calm down and take a few breaths. Or if you're angry and you don't want to say something you regret to someone, it could be letting them know, hey, I'm not having a good time right now. This isn't appropriate for me to continue our conversation. I just need to step out and I'll be back in two minutes. Even saying yeah. things like that, it can really help you with how you react to a situation. And mm -hmm. I'm hearing it's a lot of it is the same for you whenever you're playing in these really high pressure, high stakes kind of games. I can imagine how nerve wracking that can be, but do you have some things that help you when you're in those moments? Yeah. I mean, kind of already said it where, uh, yeah. you know, deep facilitating your emotions through channeling your why taking deep breaths, whatever yeah. strategies you can come up with, they're all good. Um, I always like encourage people to kind of branch out about trying strategies that work out for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, but my go-to is by channeling your why. And 
usually that does the trick for me. And I like how that all goes back full circle because you go back to think about why are you here or why are you doing it? And it almost acts as a way to soothe all those nerves, which is what you just said. And for me, whenever I might get upset over something, for example, sometimes it can be a lot of work to run this podcast, have the Mm -hmm. episodes out recorded, write the blog posts and everything. And then I remind myself, why am I doing this? Maybe edit here and there. (laughs) Exactly. I want to remind myself, it just makes me think, okay, I'm doing this to spread knowledge, normalize topics. And that is exactly the work that I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. the work that I put in will have those results. Mm -hmm. And that just instantly makes me feel better whenever I think back about my why. So when I heard you talk about this topic, I was thinking, oh man, it's so important. And I'm so glad that you spent some time to talk about it today. Yep. Yeah. Like knowing your why is really the core of mental fitness, as I like calling it. How do you feel good? Like, you know, for, for weightlifting, it really is the core of fitness, physical fitness, because, you know, lifting's easier. You feel better throughout the day. You, you weigh in a healthy amount. It really is the core of getting physically fit. And in the same way for being mentally fit, I think it's really knowing your why. You know, See, this is the best the Eastern, analogy. <laughs> the Eastern concept of it is called uh, your dharma. Do you want to explain that a little bit more? Oh, yeah. The dharma is basically like your why. It's like your purpose in life. In it's a such way, a deep question. It's, it's just derived here? from that Eastern <laughs> concept. <laughs> yeah, I love that a lot. It just helps really focus your attention to... I wonder how many times you said why I should have a counter, but why why you're doing what you're doing, what is your meaning in life? (laughs) All these deep questions we always ask ourselves before we end today's conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to plug or share with the listeners? Follow me on Twitter at Kadoran SSB. If you're interested in getting into smash melee and following my journey, you know, if you want to check out my YouTube and Twitch, where I do post a bunch of Smash Melee stuff, sometimes tutorials, sometimes fun content, I stream at twitch.tv slash Kadoran1 and at YouTube slash C slash Kadoran, or you could just type Kadoran in the search bar and you'll probably find me somewhere. Yeah, keep working on this. Uh, I, I really recommend, by the way, if you are stuck for some reason, I really recommend that you consult something called Healthy Gamer. Uh, That's a a really pivotal resource that I've used myself to help me not only, you know, get better at melee stuff, but also like general life stuff as well. And uh, I really do think their coaching program is worth it. It's like a very affordable rate and just check if it's for you or not. If it's not, you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, But if it is, it could potentially be life-changing. And I love watching healthy gamer streams on Twitch because I find that they just touch on a lot of day-to-day topics and really help you with shifting your perspective. A lot of what we talked about today. Mm -hmm. And I really like what you do about adding an educational component in your streams and spending time to help coach and help people. I think that's such a great way to learn things is to hear from others, especially people who are successful in their area, or at least have some experience and just that's the best way I find that if I google something I might not understand it as much as if I were to hear about it 
And having, a, a, you know, for my case, I do use Healthy Gamer Coach. Uh, I've had one for several months now. And like having a guy that just critiques you in an objective manner and like guides you and clarifies things for you, that goes a whole long way. It's like, it's like having a tutor for, for school. It's That's like, it, it, it's it. just like a straight upgrade. And it goes from the next step. Instead of just thinking about things in your head, you're actually taking tangible steps. You might be yep. writing it down, like you said, in a journal, which actually there's so much research that shows when you write something down, for example, goal setting, you're more likely to achieve those goals compared to if you were just thinking about it. Right. So thank you, John, for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, no problem. And I hope everyone's mental fitness could be a little bit better <laughs> hearing this. And to support my podcast and help reach others, please follow and share it with anyone who is looking to learn a bit more about mental health. For any listeners who are visual learners or would like some more resources, I will have a blog post on this topic and I invite you to read it on Sherbin.ca and to follow my Twitter at HelloSherbin for updates. See you next time.